Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host, for Nick's Nerd. Hello friends, I'm your host Nick, and this is another episode of Nick's Nerd News. Well, let's get right into the thick of it as we jump right into the news of of the past week or so. And of course, we're going to go right into video games, as we've been doing a lot. And I got Forza Horizon 4. That is the newest game I have currently. As we record, I have Assassin's Creed Odyssey installing, as I pre-ordered the Gold Edition and have early access. But let's talk about Forza Horizon 4, because that's the main focus right now. This game is amazing. I've been saying that a lot about a lot of games lately, and, and, and it's, it's true. It's really true. Forza Horizon 4 actually is the highest rated exclusive currently uh, on Metacritic. Granted, it, it is a racing game, so it's a niche game. Not everyone's going to play it, so I, I understand it's not going to be a, a giant seller. But still, it's a really fun game. Map's a little smaller than Forza Horizon 3, but there's definitely just as many races as many races events uh more more showcase events which are like kind of the fun things you get to do and are a little different from from normal racing so like one of them you race a train there's a halo one i've talked about where uh, which i actually got to do where you drive the warthog and you have to race across the british countryside but instead of normal britain it's got a halo ring in the skybox it's got covenant boxes and hard light barriers and you have a race against the clock to get to a pelican to to escape off off the the ring essentially um you race a a, a giant a giant hovercraft it, it's fun it's really fun and the graphics are stunning and the races are fun and challenging and the different events they they change it up again so now you have now you have a character you're not in charge of the in charge of the horizon festival like you were in the third one but now you're just just a normal contestant and you can unlock different clothes different emotes for when you win a race and and things like that they they kind of made it a little more personal than they used to so in the old ones you could always discover like different areas and different sites now it will actually have your character out of the car and kind of like like you can do almost like a photo op at these different different locations around the map and you can buy homes which are kind of like your base of operations whereas like in the last one there were multiple horizon festival sites now you have the main festival site and then you can have a house that you can like do everything from and then you also can actually buy like businesses where you can make money Granted, I've only found one. I'm not sure if there's more. It made it seem like there were more. Maybe they're coming in the expansion. But this one's like a rental car company that you buy. And it obviously, it's a high-end rental. So you can rent out like a Koenigsegg or a Ferrari, things like that. And you actually have uh, like a time trial for each mission um, where you get to race said car and have to do it in a certain amount of time. There's also like a mini story where you're a stunt driver for a movie that's filming nearby and who have different challenges like 
hey, you have to do this in this amount of time, but also make sure you don't damage the car and things like that. So it's it's a lot more fun and different offerings than, than the last one. And it's still beautiful cars, beautiful vistas, and just fun all around. I haven't completely finished the game. I, I finished what, what I might, I guess you could consider... Because this time they're doing seasons, so the game will have all four seasons every two weeks. It will change. And you kind of blow through all four seasons in the beginning. I, I wouldn't call it a tutorial, but it's kind of like the main focus while you first have it, the first couple hours of the game. And the, the, the point is to get a certain amount of fans so you can actually join the Horizon Festival, become a, a real racer. You go through all... You go through all the different seasons in, um, I did it in about six or seven hours, and then you essentially unlock the main game. And I know they've outlined for, like, post-launch, so every two weeks will be a different season. Like, right now, it's the summer season for, for a few more days. Uh, the game officially launched today, and then it will go into autumn, into winter, spring, summer, all, all these again. And they'll actually have different timed events and things. And you can actually unlock different cars during these times that aren't available right away. And they'll have different race events and different championships. And every the, the other awesome thing about this game is every race, while yes, there's a shit ton of them, they're actually going to be different in every season. So one one race might be a certain way in the summer, and then it's you're going to have to approach it completely differently in the winter and vice versa and things like that especially like the off track races like the the with with off road buggies or off road vehicles and they they kind of started this in Forza Horizon 2 and they they've gotten better and better at it the off road races do feel completely differently than than a road race and things like that and you do have to compensate for that you can't just take any car on a dirt track or dirt race and expected it to perform the same as a uh, on the road, and that's a good thing because it's it's hard. Some games don't necessarily do that because obviously they're not focusing on driving, and most racing games are either or. It's either on road or on dirt. It's never like a mix like Forza does, and they are able to have a, a this amazing balance between the two of them. And and again, it, it's rare game to have both road racing and dirt racing and have them just be phenomenal at both ends playground games has just perfected the formula that turn 10 has perfected on on circuit racing and i'm glad that pay playground is officially under the microsoft fold because i i, I don't know I, honestly i don't know how you go from here with another forza horizon unless it's just just bigger and they make everything that's great with the last two. But, man, I, I just... It'll be interesting to see where where it goes from here. And, and how that plays out. And do they go back to being smaller? Like, do they maybe just do a Forza Rally Sport? Hey, right? Just the opposite of, of Forza Motorsport. And I don't know... I don't know how else they're going to top this. I, I can't wait to see what the two expansions are going to be for this one. 
I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm, I'm having so much fun playing it. I don't know if I'll be able to break away to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey this week. And I'll have more on it next week. I, again, I'm not going to have a final review. I'm not going to give a final review, I should say, until I've played all four seasons to see how the different events and things shake up and, and how that plays out. So wait for that more in November. But if, if I were to score it now after just a weekend of playing... 100% I would give this game a 9.5 out of 10. That's how much fun I'm having. Again, the graphics are spectacular, especially running on an X, even without a 4K TV with HDR. Like, the graphics are still super smooth. Pretty sure it's still at 60 frames. Like, the variety of events is amazing. The different types of races are great. And the fact that every race is different depending on the season just allows for a crazy amount of replayability and I can't wait to really 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 sink my teeth into all of this and man Forza Horizon 4 definitely check it out if you love racing games that I will say that it's definitely worth playing I got a couple friends hooked who had never played any of the Forza Horizon games they play the regular Forza and things like that I let them borrow Forza Horizon 3 and they're like oh my god I never would have played this without you and I'm totally getting four so there's that Death Stranding had a trailer at Tokyo Game Show last week. Uh, that's the new Hideo Kojima game. And didn't really show off much except for the character Troy Baker, who's a famous video game voice actor, is playing. Uh, this character with a gold mask, almost looks like a skull mask. And he can summon like that black goo demony stuff, I guess, that's going to be the main antagonist in the game. And he uses it to summon this this giant, like, hell beast almost looking thing. Almost look, looks like a lion um, with, like, a golden face and crazy tentacle hair um, that's going to attack your character, played by Norman Reedus. Again, unfortunately, we don't have much more than that to talk about, but getting more hype for this game. After, Telltale clo after the Telltale closure, uh, Netflix is exploring other options for its Stranger Things game. And they're looking to see how they can move forward after after that debacle. And and speaking of speaking of Telltale's closure, I, I know we kind of touched on it last week, and how they, I, I think I mentioned how they didn't receive they didn't receive uh, their final round of funding that they needed. There was talk of I guess one of the employees is going to sue to Telltale in court for breaking for breaking some labor laws I, I, in California you're supposed to give like severance and and things like that when when you let employees go with layoffs and they were all laid off last Friday without severance because obviously the company has no money and it was super last minute there was no proper notification employees just kind of found out and it happened and usually you're supposed to be given some kind of warning and it looks like it's going to be a class action lawsuit. It's supposed to have a 60-day notice when uh, things like this happen. And because they have around 270, 275 employees, which this affected, this uh, counts as a mass layoff, which is where that 60-day notice comes in. And some experts had said that this might not fly in federal court because the federal 
regulations aren't as strict, but in California they are, and that's where Telltale was headquartered. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And while Telltale has said they want to focus on finishing The Walking Dead, people have come out and said maybe you shouldn't do that and pay your employees that you laid off that you kind of screwed over. And it's really unfortunate that this, this happened to all those people. But again, Telltale kind of the writing was kind of on the wall at least to some people because miss it looks like mismanagement was was hap, was going on and again they hadn't updated their engine in in almost 10 years their games were super formulaic and pretty much the same but that that's it's just a shame just a shame really in terms of other major announcements of that sort of thing PlayStation and Sony have announced that they're actually not going to be holding a PSX conference this year. That's always been their uh, late year sort of uh, conference that was all things PlayStation, like a PlayStation focused one. It wasn't going to, it wouldn't have like third party announcements or anything like that. But I mean, I mean, it would have third party, but not for like other platforms. And in the wake of that, kind of funny games were with Greg Miller and and um, all of them up there are going to have their own version of PSX uh, the day after the Game Awards in early December. So look out for that. On the flip side, Microsoft is actually having their XO18 conference. They actually haven't done anything like this for quite a while. Their conference is going to be November 10th from Mexico City. Two hours um, of a what amounts to like Xbox insider which is like their monthly like show where they announce things it's going to be two hours long it'll have major announcements from first party third party developers and a whole bunch of other things more news to come obviously that's about a month away and also in the same announcement mouse and keyboard support is officially coming to xbox one uh this will start in october with the insider program and people can opt in and it will actually, right now, only be for the game Warframe first, which is kind of like an MMO, free MMO RPG on, on Xbox Live and, and other platforms. And I think Phil Spencer did mention, or, or someone did, I think maybe Mike Ibarra at Microsoft, this isn't going to come down to if you're playing Call of Duty and you have a controller and someone else has a mouse and keyboard. This isn't, they're, they're not looking at that right now. That's That's not happening. They're just looking to see if they can have mouse and keyboard support on certain games. And I know they've been talking about this for quite a while. It'll be one of the first consoles to actually do this. Not like the Steam Box or whatever those were called, which were pretty much just PCs for the living room. I'm actually excited for this because some games, some games just are kind of clunky on a, on a gamepad, especially like when they port over MMOs and free MMO, free-to-play games to, to the console, like Star Trek Online, which is one I play. That game doesn't... It, it It's okay on a controller, but it doesn't map well. And then you can have things like Halo Wars 2, which, while it was... And Halo Wars, which essentially were made for console and one of the best RTS games to be put on a console, you, you can have a little bit more user-friendly experiences with a keyboard and mouse house city skylines on console and and other rts games or city builders that get ported so this is a a, a big win because not everyone can afford a big pc granted some of those games don't require 
um, a heavy duty, powerful PC, but it's nice because some people don't have both and getting mouse and keyboard support will be interesting for that. Also, uh, a Marvel executive said that Spider-Man is essentially just the beginning or tip of the iceberg, something like that, of Marvel games on console. So this is an interesting point to be made, and this we should all keep our eyes and ears open because it's been a while since we've heard anything about the Square Enix Avengers game uh, and Crystal Dynamics, the people that originally did the first two Tomb Raider reboots are actually working on the Avengers game as since they passed off they passed off Shadow of the Tomb Raider to another studio. So that that will be interesting and maybe we'll get X-Men games, maybe we'll get more MCU based games. Obviously another Spider-Man is coming and that will keep your eyes and ears open. That that's that's for damn sure. At Minecon this past week, I guess that that happened. Sometimes people forget that Minecraft is still an enormous and huge game. They actually announced Minecraft Dungeons. Uh, It's being made by a small, dedicated team within Mojang. And it's inspired by classic dungeon crawlers. And it takes place within the world of Minecraft. It will have a new boss and story mode. And I'm sure we'll find out more either at XO Conference, the Game Awards, or obviously the E3 next year. Fallout 76 announced its beta dates, which is October 23rd on Xbox One, PC and PS4, October 30th. What's actually interesting with this is it's only going to be live for like between four and eight hours every day while it's going. And Bethesda has announced they want you to break the game. So they want you to do every possible thing try and break the game, try and do things that will cause problems and not work because they want to essentially work on immediate fixes. So that's why it's only going to be live for a couple hours a day, not like 24 hours like some other betas, but they want to run it, have you go in, try and do as much shit as possible so that way they can see what happens and then work on fixes pretty much immediately after. So that that's an interesting take on betas. You don't you don't see that a lot. And Kingdom Hearts 3's opening song is actually going to be a collaboration between Skrillex and Utada Hikara, which is the singer who's done the other two songs for the main games for Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, and I think some of the other ones. So this would be interesting. Um, The other ones have always had this, um, not a K-pop, because obviously it's Japan, but they've always had this Japan pop rock techno influence. So it'll be interesting to see how Skrillex works that into his version of the song. And I'm excited to see how that goes. And, hey, biggest fucking news. Crossplay between consoles, pretty much the big two, PS4 and Xbox One, is finally fucking happening. Except it's happening in the worst fucking game possible, Fortnite. And this proves how fucking big Fortnite is and why it shouldn't be this fucking game. God damn it, I hate this game. It's gotten so big that it can bully around Nintendo, it can bully around Sony, and force them into accepting crossplay. And they have this ridiculous marketing deal with Samsung and the new Galaxy Note 9 that Ryan Seacrest is doing ads for Fortnite. They made fun of it on Saturday Night Live. And, God damn it, this... Ugh! I'm so mad that this is the game that does it. And it's in beta right now. 
I have yet to try it out. Uh, a lot of friends at work play, and and they've been trying to get a group together. Just schedules don't always work out. But what, I I don't know. They 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 some of the people in the games industry interviewed other developers to ask them about it. Pete Hines at Bethesda said Fallout seventy six will never have cross play, which is an interesting take. The lead the leads at Psionics were asked about it, and and if it's going to come to Rocket League and they haven't had any discussions yet and we'll see. I, I know a lot of them say it's as easy as flipping a switch to do it. So we'll we'll see what the fallout is and how it works with Fortnite and all that and how the future of this goes, but fucking Fortnite gets crossplay. God damn it, stupid children and their stupid bullshit. You can tell I'm angry about this. Let's kinda talk about before we kinda move on to to some other things. How about we talk about a little character that's sweeping the internet right now called Bowsette. And if you're unfamiliar, Bowsette is essentially a female version of Bowser that has been highly feminized and looks like Peach. And it's based off... There was a comic, a digital comic that came out recently that's based off the new... Uh, Super Mario Brothers U trailer that came out that's coming out for Switch and in it there's a character called Toadette who can put on a hat and become Peachette which is just a like a, a smaller version of Peach that Toadette turns into and someone made uh, this comic that essentially shows like Mario being rejected by Peach and then Bowser's like, hey, I have this crown. And turns into the, like this dark version of Peach with, with horns and teeth and large breasts, essentially. And the internet ran with it. And she took over the, the internet, essentially. And cosplay's already been happening. People modded her into Mario 64. And there's drawings of her with extremely large assets I, I I should say and and other ridiculous things but but it it's just funny that she's already taken the internet by storm you can see plenty of these things online I would advise to do it at home because many of them are bordering on not safe for work but I, I just <laughs> it's it's ridiculous that this is a thing and some people have taken that and kind of done other character swaps which which is just as equally funny and how they would look if they put on this crown but the the funniest part about this is that Bowsette was actually almost canon and uh recently I guess in Japan the art of Super Mario, Mario Odyssey was released and it turns out there were character designs of Bowser using his own version of Cappy to be turned into like a Bowsette like like character which just I I just I, I people are weird man people are weird and this is Bowser we're talking about the the bad guy like we shouldn't be like fawning over and I don't know and now there's a thing called Boozette which is just boo with the crown and becoming like a a female figure and oh my god, the internet needs to find some, some solace here because these, these things are just 
just ridiculous. And I, I think it's funny that that this is what's taken over the internet internet the last week or so. Let's move on from strange internet fantasies and let's kind of talk about TV. Not a whole lot of TV news, but definitely I, I have some reviews of, of some things that happened. Biggest news, though, is Apple, who's starting their own TV show service and, and streaming service and things like that, has come out and said that they will not have sex or violence because it's too inappropriate in their shows. And I, I guess there was a, a rumor that came out that some people that work in Apple have called it expensive NBC because it's so bland. And my thing is, like, how can you compete with Amazon and Netflix if you're going to have... I, I get the family-friendly approach, but if you're not going to have things like this, how can you seriously compete with Netflix and and Amazon if you're not going to go for gritty, realistic takes on things? And when you really actually sit down and think about it, it makes sense because Apple is kind of boring and bland when it comes to their OS and their designs, and things like this. And, yeah, I don't know if this is the smartest decision from them, but we'll see. They, they've only announced a few things. I think they cast Chris Evans recently in a program, but I, I, don't, I don't know what to make of this. I don't really have Apple TV or anything like that, so I don't know. I, I don't know what they're doing. I really don't. Uh, some other major news, though. Making a Murderer is actually getting a season two. This took Netflix by storm quite a few years ago. Story of Stephen Avery up in Wisconsin and his nephew, whose name I can't recall right now, and how they might have been framed for a murder of a woman. And this was a docuseries that, that kind of goes over the evidence. And there were a lot of people like, do you think he did it? Is he innocent? Is he not? A whole lot of things. And... The documentary filmmakers actually went back, filmed more evidence, more stuff about the case, and this is going to be in season two of Making a Murderer, which actually premieres October 19th, so in about two weeks, we'll find out more about, about what's happening up in Wisconsin with that. Also got news that the Arrowverse crossover will actually be called Elseworlds. It premieres December 19th, a Sunday with The Flash. Uh, those of you who are unfamiliar, Elseworlds is actually an imprint that DC used to have that would tell stories that took place outside of outside of the main continuity. Elseworlds would have... There was a story where Batman was a vampire. There's Kingdom Come is an Elseworlds story. Technically, The Dark Knight Rises is a... Not The Dark Knight Rises. I mean, Dark Knight Returns is an Elseworlds story. Things like these, this. These are Elseworlds stories that take place outside of main continuity. And it's an interesting title that they're choosing for... That they're using for this. But the other thing that's actually more interesting is that the Monitor will actually be involved in, in this crossover, which is odd because the Monitor is actually the central figure in Crisis on Infinite Earths, the, the old uh, mix-ups, not mix-up, but the old uh, major crossover event in DC, which is odd that he wasn't in last year's Arrowverse crossover because that was a crisis. So, again, I'm sure we'll find out more as the seasons progress. They don't start till next week. And that will be, like I said, December 9th starts with The Flash, we're going to go to Gotham City, interact with Batwoman, so maybe Mr. Freeze. Who knows? Who knows? I'm, I'm excited. Can't wait. I am so stoked for this. 
now let's kind of talk about TV and how I felt about this week. A couple things. New shows. For one, Manifest. New show on NBC Monday nights. It's about a show. The show is about passengers on an airplane that take off. And when they land, it's actually five years in the future. It's kind of got a lost vibe. I'm actually really digging this show and like to see where it's going. It's an awesome take on like supernatural and time travel and things like that. And what happens when what seems like one day to you is actually five plus years to everyone else you know and living at home and things like that. And then there's some supernatural elements involved, like some of the passengers start hearing voices and are connecting with each other. They're drawn back to the plane after they go home and... This one who's like a NYPD cop ends up like help solving a case that was going on then and she had nothing to do with it and didn't know anything about it. So it'll be interesting to see how this show goes. I'm I'm actually really excited for it. Another show that started is FBI on CBS on Tuesdays. I feel like this is kind of filling the CSI sized hole that that I've been looking to fill since CSI went off the air a few years back. I like the dynamic between the cast and the two main characters, two younger FBI agents dealing with um, an FBI in a modern world, essentially. The first episode focuses on a white supremacist trying to start a race war between blacks and MS-13 in New York City and the things that go on with that. And the way it's written, it's it's produced by Dick Wolf, who's done all the Law and Orders and some other shows and things like that. And it's it's actually really interesting. It's not it's not like a typical procedural drama. It's it's kinda staying away from things like that. And and I'm excited to see where the rest of this season goes. Hopefully this is a show that sticks. It's not it's not boring, it's not bland like typical CBS baby boomer fodder. Lethal Weapon came back last week. Sean William Scott is perfect for the role they cast him in and the character he's portraying. He fills in perfectly for Riggs, who is now removed from the show. Uh, Clayne Crawford was fired, and they essentially killed him off. Spoilers, but he actually, his dynamic with with Murtaugh is is great, and I'm excited to see how, how this goes in the future. Family Guy premiered this weekend was not happy with with this season's premiere. It had it had an interesting concept, it was going in the right direction and then totally dropped the ball in the final couple minutes. P, uh, Brian gets married to this woman who was on her deathbed with cancer. She survives. It turns out the cancer goes away and then she turns into this like completely opposite person and I don't know how this is going to go. They're just they're giving I don't know why they keep shitting on Brian as a character. Granted, he's not the main star, and I know Seth MacFarlane gets, is getting busier and busier, and it's probably harder for him to voice multiple, multiple characters, but I, I don't know why they're doing this with Brian. Magnum P.I. premiered last week, CBS on Mondays. It's almost like your typical, like, over-the-top action show on CBS. I'm willing to give it a couple more episodes... Um, the first one kind of hooked me a little. I like the dynamic between the characters and, and things like that. It's unfortunate that it's 
it is rebooting a classic show that starred Tom Selleck. But again, it, it's it's updated for modern audiences. It's still got the Ferraris. It's still got the same characters, just with different twists on them. But it it, it falls into that formulaic trap that's similar to like Hawaii Five O and Blue Bloods and and all that other nonsense. So I'll give that a couple more episodes before I decide to to stick with it or not. But one show that has me actually really, really, really excited, fucking hilarious, is Single Parents on ABC. It's got Brad Garrett, who was in Everybody Loves Raymond. He played the brother. It's got Taron Killiam, who who used to be on Saturday Night Live, Leighton Meester. This show is hilarious. I was laughing my ass off every minute of it. They all play single parents with kids in like preschool or first grade or something, and dealing with that and other things that kind of go with being parents of all different ages and different backgrounds and things like that and and getting out of their comfort zone zones and man i i was laughing the whole time the first couple minutes there's some great jokes had me hooked that that's if you can hook me in the first couple minutes i'm sold like 100 percent sold i can't wait to see how this goes hopefully it lasts longer i know it's hard with comedies nowadays and things like that. So love Brad Garrett. So I, I can't wait to see more. And then kind of to cap off TV. There was another trailer that came out for Star Wars Resistance. And it really didn't do anything to sell me on this show. Granted that was the same with Rebels. When Rebels first came out I wasn't entirely convinced. I kind of just watched it because it was a Star Wars show. And it didn't really hit its stride till late very late in season two and we'll see how it goes i i i'm not a fan of the anime style that they're using it's kind of like a computer generated one it's the same studio if i'm not mistaken who did who did um what is it uh godzilla planet of the monsters that netflix godzilla anime and and some other ones i'm, I'm not a fan of this fan of this style of animation and it's going to be hard for me to get over so I, I don't know again this trailer didn't do anything for me I'm happy that I'm, I'm happy that Oscar Isaac is back as Poe Dameron and Gwendolyn Christie is back as Captain Phasma but still but still I, I just I don't know and that premieres on Sunday the 7th so I'll, I'll give it a, I'll give it a watch. I'm going to watch it cause it's star Wars. So I'll, I'll fill you in on how I feel after the first episode or two. Also with a new month means new things on Netflix and things that are leaving big, important things leaving freaks and geeks is off of Netflix. If you have not watched it, man, you are missing out on probably one of the greatest sitcoms in, in decades. And it only had like five or six episodes. It got canceled way too early. But man, that was an awesome show. It has a star-studded cast before they were famous. James Franco, Seth Rogen, uh, Jason Segel, Linda Cardellini. Like all the people that are part of the, the Brat Pack is what they call it. Not the Brat Pack or... Yeah, the, the Brat Pack I guess is what they're called. And... It, it is just pure greatness. And it's unfortunate that they're taking it off. It's not a lot on a lot of places to watch. 
but definitely go find that somewhere if you haven't watched it. I, I only watched it recently because I, I never really knew about it. I always heard about it, just didn't have access to it. And it was on Netflix for the past year or so. Finally got around to watching it. Probably one of my favorite shows of all time now. Sin City is also coming off. That's a big one. But in terms of additions, Daredevil Season 3 premieres on October 19th. We got some new trailers for that. Looks like Kingpin is going to be out of jail and and facing off with Matt Murdock, who's not going to be in his normal Daredevil costume anymore, but back back to black like Season 1. Blades 1 and 2 are going to be on there. Blazing Saddles is coming back to Netflix. V for Vendetta, awesome comic book adaptation. Uh, the new Chilling Adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch starts later in the month. And um, and then over on Amazon, speaking of new ads, Man in the High Castle Season 3 premieres October 5th. So that will be a lot of good stuff coming to streaming services this month. And to kind of move into movies, got a lot of trailers last week that dropped. We had a Bumblebee trailer, we had Dark Phoenix trailer, Fantastic Beasts trailer. How about that? That's a lot right there. And... Let's kind of start with with Bumblebee. Uh, It was the second trailer, really showing off different Transformers, kind of how the vibe of the movie is going to go. And looks like we're actually going to get a lot more Cybertron stuff than maybe people expected. And hey, least expected character. I think, then again, I think Peter Cullen announced this a while back, but uh, Optimus Prime was shown off in the trailer for Bumblebee in a message from Cybertron for Bumblebee. And he looks... He looks like his Gen 1 design, which is the old 1986 version of the character from like the Transformers movie, original cartoon and toys, which is kind of weird when you think about it, because he doesn't look like that in the first Transformers movie. He didn't look like that when he kind of first landed on Earth, which is kind of what's implied. But then again, this is the Transformers universe, and every movie retcons the story before it. So... I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm excited. I like John Cena. I like Haley Steinfeld. I like watching Transformers movies. This looks like uh, a different take, and it looks like we're retconning everything once again. Then, got a new Fantastic Beasts trailer. It's the final trailer as the movie comes out in November. A lot of stuff shown off. More Jude Law as Dumbledore. More Johnny Depp as Grindelwald. And then we also got the reveal that um, Ezra Miller's character, Constance, Constance, right, is going to be in the movie. I know that was kind of rumored and people kind of knew about it, but last most people know he died at the end of the first Fantastic Beast. Spoiler alert for a two-year-old movie. Get the hell out of here. I don't care if you've never seen it. That's on you. And weird thing, mention of Nagini. And for those of you not in the know, Nagini is... Uh, the final Horcrux of Voldemort in the main Harry Potter stories. Uh, she was his pet snake and personal friend, essentially. Um, turns out Nagini was a human before she became a snake. And J.K. Rowling actually came out and confirmed she's not an animagus that stayed a human, uh, stayed an animal. Animagus are the people that can change between animal and human form at will in Harry Potter fan lore. Uh, she's actually a maledictus, which is a similar to an animagus in that they have a blood curse, and eventually they'll never be able to change back into human form. Still doesn't explain how a snake is like a hundred years old at uh, 
at the point of the main Harry Potter stories. So didn't think snakes could live that long. I get she's a human that turned into a snake, but I need some more explaining, JK. Please, please explain more. And then we finally had the Dark Phoenix trailer. Man, I have never been this disinterested in in an X-Men movie. This trailer did nothing to get me excited for what is now pretty much going to be the last X-Men movie out of Fox. They've had such a good run. They've only had like two missteps, which was, so far, I should say, which was X-Men 3, The Last Stand, and Wolverine, X-Men Origins Wolverine, or whatever the first one was called. Granted, Apocalypse was what you could count as a misstep, but it wasn't as bad as those two. But that is what Dark Phoenix is shaping up to be at, at right now. And, oh man, I, I don't know why this is happening. And, oh, look at this. They release a trailer with a release date and then literally delay the movie the day after. If that's not a bad sign to you and me, I, I don't know what is. It was already delayed for reshoots. It's being delayed another four months This movie in the trailer said it was coming out February 14th. The next day they're like, oh, we're going to make it a summer blockbuster and make it June 7th now. I I don't know what is going on. And they keep doing more reshoots. This is not a good sign. And I, again, this trailer, you can pretty much tell who's going to die at this point. And that retcons all X-Men stories again which is weird that they would be doing this right before Disney's taking over, and you know they're going to take all this shit and just punt it. You know they're just going to punt it. But I don't I don't fucking know what Fox is thinking anymore. And on top of that delay, we actually had Alita Battle Angel delayed from December uh, 21st to February 14th taking X-Men's spot. But I don't fucking know, dude, anymore. I'm, I'm just, I'm over it. Got some new news, though. Uh, Birds of Prey, the Margot Robbie-led Harley Quinn movie, is set to release on February 7th in 2020. And we actually got casting news. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who you might know as Ramona Flowers in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And she was in, uh, I think, Final Destination 4. She played John McClane's daughter in Live Free or Die Hard. A lot of other movies is going to be, uh, and she was in 10 Cloverfield Lane, has cast been cast as Helena Bertinelli, the Huntress. And then Journey Bell has been cast as Black Canary. She's been in several different HBO shows. Uh, most famously, she played Sam Merlot's wife in True Blood. So she's been cast as Black Canary or Laurel Lance, essentially. Uh, no word on who is going to play play Renee Montoya they're still looking to cast her and then the rumored villain as of right now is Black Mask or Roman Sionis who runs Ace Chemicals and things like this Uh, I heard recently that they were looking to cast either Charlton Copley who is a South African actor you might know him from District 9 I think he's in Elysium and the A-Team or even Ewan McGregor of Obi-Wan fame so I'm sure we'll know more about that. They're looking to start production sometime next year. In probably the most interesting news, Deadpool 2 is getting a PG-13 release on December 21st, which 
I don't know if this is to please Disney. I don't know if this is to kind of run with their family film motif. But the funniest part, though, is Fred Savage is being added to the movie, but he's reprising his role from the Princess Bride movie in the 80s. So he's going to be playing like the grandson who had the story being told to him, but it looks like Deadpool's going to be telling the story. And if you haven't seen Princess Bride, Peter Falk plays Fred Savage's grandpa and reads him the story of the Princess Bride and kind of like leaves out the more adult-themed things. So I'm guessing that's how they're going to do it with Deadpool and Deadpool 2 with with the story being read, read to him. And hey, look at this. The Gambit movie is still happening. It's been in development hell for, what, six years almost? And it's still starring Channing Tatum. We still don't have a director. And it's apparently starting filming middle of next year for a March 2020 release. And it's apparently going to be a romantic comedy. I'm just going to leave that at that and let you think about that yourselves. Sony released a picture of Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers in the Mr. Rogers movie that's coming out. Didn't know that was happening, especially after the Won't You Be My Neighbor documentary just released. Tom Hanks looks perfect as Mr. Rogers. And that's all I can say, because there was no other news. I know we talked about Burt Reynolds passing away a few weeks back and how he one of his last movies would be Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And it turns out he's actually going to be replaced with Bruce Dern. Uh, Bruce Dern will be taking over the role and will be starting filming his scenes soon because uh, I know that movie comes out early next year. Kathleen Kennedy's contract has been expanded, extended through 2021 uh, as head of Lucasfilm, which kind of flies in the face of those rumors that came out, what, a year or two, six months ago, I should say, not even a year, that Bob Iger, head of Disney, was looking to replace her after after Solo had kind of misstepped, but turns out that's not the case. They have enough confidence in her to keep her contract going for another three years, and this kind of throws into this question that the Boba Fett and Obi-Wan spinoffs have officially been canceled without being officially announced, and and other turmoil behind the scenes at Lucasfilm, but this, this tells me otherwise. So I'm sure we'll see more. I like Kathleen Kennedy. Her and her husband, Frank Marshall, have produced pretty much every George Lucas and Steven Spielberg movie and many other things. I trust her. I know she's a smart woman. I know she can do a lot. I have full faith in Kathleen Kennedy. There's a reason George picked her to take his place. In other Disney news, Tim Allen was on The View or The Talk or whatever, one of those daytime talk shows with all women hosts. Um, that sounds really bad that I'm just kind of lumping them all together, but I, I don't mean it that way, but I, it was one of them. I don't know which one. He said it was actually extremely hard to to film and record the last scene for the last scene for Toy Story 4. I, I don't know why this movie's being made. I, I thought I felt that Toy Story 3 was a fitting end, and I really liked. I really liked how they were were going with that and how they ended it. I I don't know why Toy Story 4 is happening. I I really hope it's not going to be a direct sequel and maybe takes place with with Andy as not a a young adult, but kind of in between 2 and 3. 
and I really hope this is the last one. I know Toy Story 3 made a shit ton of money. I know people love Toy Story, but do not beat a dead horse, okay? I'm not calling Toy Story a dead horse, but what I mean by that is the story is over. Let it be. I know Disney just wants to make money and money and all this other stuff. Just don't remake it. Let it end with four. I hope you're listening, Bob Iger. I, I'm, I'm a, a stakeholder in your company. And I, I just, I, I, I hope this is the last one. Let Pixar do some more original things because they've, they've only had a few missteps in terms of originality. Let them hit it out of the park with another new IP and, and let's move on from there. And uh, Gal Gadot was cast in the sequel, and I, when I say sequel, it's a loosely sequel to uh, Murder on the Orient Express, uh, which she's been cast in Death on the Nile, which is another Agatha, Agatha Christie book, and she wrote Murder on the Orient Express. And I actually like that movie. I, I know it didn't get amazing reviews and was kind of a mediocre movie to some, especially if you've read her books, you, you kind of know that story and how it plays out. But I actually like that movie ensemble cast, Daisy Ridley, things like that in the movie. But no, I, I really like that movie. I'm excited that Gal Gadot is getting some more roles beyond fast and the furious and, uh, wonder woman and things like that. So we'll, we'll see how that goes, but that that's kind of it for movie news. Let's, let's kind of wrap up here and got some loot crates in the mail this past uh, week or two. Uh, first thing was a uh, the new Halo Legendary crate came in, and it's uh, officially the start of like the third season or go round or whatever they're calling it. Uh, this theme, this month's theme was leadership, and it came with this awesome property of like UNSC Spartan program shirts, like you know those athletic shirts you see for like different teams or high schools. Uh, this one's a Halo themed one. It came with this huge huge pelican pin uh pelican is like their drop ship that they use and it, it's the biggest pin i've ever gotten from loot crate uh, i got the halo icons uh figurine of carter a5 8259 uh carter is a spartan 3 he was the leader of noble team um you essentially play a member of noble team in halo reach so this is from halo reach uh you got some wayfarer type sunglasses that are Carter themed. They're they're blue. His blue uh, color, like Spartan armor for the glasses, and like his visor color for the sunglasses themselves. Kind of lame, but it's always fun to have another pair of sunglasses lying around. And also a UNSC themed multi tool. Little mini multi tool comes with a can opener, the pliers, and actually a flashlight. And it's green UNSC colors with the UNSC logo, which is awesome. Uh, the one downside this this month was the data drop file. It was just kind of like a, a focus on the Pelican. It wasn't like one of these top secret files like they used to do, which kind of expanded on the lore. This one was just kind of something boring, ship specs. And that was the one downside. And it's unfortunate that they did that. I, I hope in the next one they go back to those secret file, um, secret file lore explainers. On top of that, though, I also got a regular loot crate. Uh, this, theme's, this month's theme was Invaders. And had some cool stuff in it, actually. It came with a awesome Venom shirt. That uh, Venom in red letters and, and Venom in this kind of deep blue, blackish color on, on it. Awesome design. Comes with this 
cool alien figurine. Uh, it's made by, I guess it's Jobot. He's done some other stuff for Loot Crate for like Stranger Things. And it's an alien holding a phone, walking their like face hugger as a pet that looks like it's peeing on a fire hydrant. And that's hilarious because it's not something you would expect in from like an alien type thing. Also comes with a bandana that's camo with like a predator silhouette on it. Kind of goes with the theme with Invaders, especially with the Predator movie that came out. A little mini hardcover journal that has the I Want to Believe poster that Fox Mulder has on his wall in in his office in X-Files. Like that's the kind of the cover of the, of the little journal with the UFO flying above a forest. And then this month's awesome pin is actually a face hugger pin. And it's awesome design. It's like a bronze look. But overall, great month for Loot Crate. I can't wait to see what happens with with uh, Loot Wear. And we'll see if, if I get that before I publish this episode. But, everyone, that was episode 22 of Nick's Nerd News. I've been coming to you now for, for almost three months. And uh, I, I hope you guys are enjoying it. I enjoy talking to you and, and giving you my my thoughts on things, my reactions to things, and uh, two months. No, it's it's almost it's, uh, over, almost four months, I should say. Right, right. Anyway, I'm gonna leave you leave you with a little nugget of my of my everlasting wisdom. As always, folks. You know, don't don't let people get you down. Kind of just go with your own flow, live at your own pace, and uh, never let anyone boss you around. Never let anyone tell you what you think or believe is wrong. Again, like I said last week, unless it's factually wrong. But uh, you do you, and uh, I'll be coming at you another week. All right? Have a good one.